Now? Now? When do I say it? Is it now? Am I Mr. Q? Is it coming in? What? What? Sorry. In Is three, it? two, one. Best of frantic times. Are you with us, Paul? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Yes. Good boy. It depends on how what you meant by with us. Well, want to make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> No. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast. We are the Frantics. And it's Frantic. Oh, time. Did we already do that? We already did oh, that, Paul. Darn, darn. Try and pay attention. I'm sorry. I missed it. That's all right. It's my favorite part. I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chato. And uh, we're here today to play you some radio bits that we recorded many years ago. And we're going to call this episode 13. Very good. Do you like my name? I made that up. Very good. Can hardly wait for the next one. That's right. Uh, hmm, I'll have to think about what I'm going to call it. Uh, you think about that while we play this sketch. It's called You Were Speeding. Excuse me, sir. Would you mind getting out of your train of thought? Huh? What? Where's the big idea, sir? Oh, I'm sorry, officer. I don't understand. I was thinking. Yeah, your mind was wandering all over the place. May I see your degree, please? Sure, here. <laughs> Take it out of the frame. Sorry. It's a community college learner's permit. You need a BA to drive this idea home. Oh, I must have been lateral thinking and, and not realized it. Uh-huh. See, I had to think fast to get around that mental block back there, and, and I didn't notice the limits. This degree's expired. I ought to throw the encyclopedia at you. Why? Is this a controlled thought zone? Yes, it is, sir. See the sign? School. <laughs> I guess I was letting my thoughts wander all over the avenue of consideration. Mm-hmm. You almost collided with established dogma back at those presumptions. <laughs> I wasn't thinking straight. I see. Have you been drinking, sir? A couple of beers, but I'm not illogical. Well, I should stop your thought process right now, but I'm going to give you a ticket for quick thinking. That's three points off my IQ. <laughs> and the fine is a penny for your thoughts. I'll get back into the flow of normal thought, officer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You go straight to your inevitable conclusion. It's foregone. You can't miss it. Uh, yes. You understand? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much, officer. Okay, off with you. Kids. Too damn smart for their own good. Hello, I'm Mr. Interesting. Here's something I find very interesting. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. But intermittent power makes it very difficult to run a grow-up. This is the best of frantic time. It's the game show that everybody loves to hate. It's Gross Me Out. So, close your eyes, plug your ears, and put your hands together to welcome the host of Gross Me Out, Billy Cash! Your cages, you animals! <laughs> All right, welcome to Gross Me Out. 
I hope you all have strong stomachs because today's show is going to be really offensive. <laughs> now let's bring out our two brave contestants, Desmond Polyglot and Sally Decker. <laughs> Hi, Billy. Hello, Billy. Well, you've both been on the show all week and you're still not grossed out. So before we start our final gross-out match of the week, let's find out a little bit more about you. Desmond, you can start. Well, I'm a scatologist at University Hospital and a Mormon. <laughs> so that's why you're so hard to gross out. And how about you, Sally? Well, I'm a mother of four and a part-time taxidermist. Whoa! <laughs> Stiff competition indeed. Okay, both of you have passed the changing diapers blindfolded test. Not to mention rolling in Orson Welles' laundry hamper, eating cold livers, sorting wet Kleenex, and visiting Sudbury. Yeah, but, but just barely, Billy. Yeah. All right then, Neville, tell them what are they going to do next. Well, Billy, our two contestants will be doing that old gross-me-out favorite, running their fingernails on a chalkboard. Oh. Well, here are the two chalkboards. You've got 60 seconds, and whoever gets grossed out is out of the game. Ready, set, go! Whoa! Congratulations, both of you. You're still tied. But that's just the beginning. Here's Neville to tell you about the tiebreaker. For our final test on Gross Me Out... Sally and Desmond will have to chew on tinfoil for 15 minutes. All right, Sally and Des, here are your two pieces of Reynolds aluminum. You start chewing at the sound of the bell. If you swallow your tinfoil, you're disqualified. And Sally Decker is our new Gross Me Out champion! Whoa! Congratulations, Sally. I don't know how you do it. Uh, it was easy. I, uh, I, I wear dentures, see? Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, oh, really wonderful. Yeah. Neville, why don't you tell Sally what she's won from Gross Me Out? Well, Sally, you've won an all-expense-paid trip for two to Florida. Oh, that's awful gross. Where you'll be staying at the lovely Holiday Inn. No, no. And your special host for this trip will be Tony Bennett. Oh, I'm going to be sick. I well, can't take it. There goes another happy winner on Gross Me Out. Join us again next week when we'll see people trying to sit through a screening of Annie while listening to Rennie Levesque expectorate. <laughs> this is Billy Camp saying goodnight. When we seek inspiration, when we wish to find meaning in life, we often look to the last words of famous and heroic people. But who will remember the not-so-famous last words? The thoughts of lesser folk, like Chuck Lever, who said... 
Here, here, let me untangle the ski rope from the propeller. Who will remember that it was Alice Nub who said, The nice thing is a Honda can slip right between these two big trucks. Or Tommy Hornhead who said, I saw a guy in Kiss do this. Or Hubert Pudgeon who told those around him, I bet you didn't think your old dad could keep up with you kids. Yes, these are truly not-so-famous last words. Don't miss next week's program when we'll recall the immortal Wally Euclid who said... Excuse me, officer. Do you know where the gay bars are located? (laughs) Good night. This has been a wonderful podcasting adventure, hasn't it, Peter? Sure. (laughs) And we're getting responses from people on the internet thing. Yes, we are. People are going to uh, Facebook. Yep. The Frantics. And this is some of the things that people have said. So uh, Michael Allen said, I grew up on your show in Winnipeg and loved it. This is really great, you guys. I have such fond memories growing up listening to Frantic Times. We played Winnipeg. That's right. The festival. And, well, we played all over that province. No, that's a lie, Paul. It's not? Yeah. We flew to Winnipeg and drove to Brandon. Hi, Brandon. And then we got in, the, uh, got in the car and we came home. Manitoba. That's not... Well, no, come to think of it, that is most of Manitoba, isn't it? That's right. Uh, but Winnipeg Comedy Festival had a lovely time. We had a fantastic... Who else Who else you got? Well, Scott Williams on Facebook said, Between you guys and Martin Shorts, Ed Grimley, my adolescence was shaped nice and warped-like. Thanks. So, I mean, I think we're in great company being with Martin Short. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So send us uh, notes to the Frantics on Facebook and mention famous people and uh, we'll read them. <laughs> That's right. We'll only read them if yeah. you can associate us but not with Hitler, famous people. not Hitler oh, or no. Mussolini. Let's stay away from those ones. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Play a sketch. Quickly. Please. Hello, boys and girls. My name is Miss Betty, and today I would like to tell you a story. It is the fable of the good brother and the naughty brother. Once upon a time, there was a nice man who met a nice woman by the side of the road, and they were married. (laughs) The wife told her husband she was going to have a child. Oh, husband, I am in labor. It's a boy. And that's not all. It's a girl. No, turn it around. It's another boy. One boy lay so still and quiet, smiling and cooing, that he was called the good brother. The other boy ripped the wings off of songbirds. And he was called the Naughty Brother. The two boys grew and grew. The good brother grew better and better. Oh, Father, I have something for you. Fifteen thousand dollars. Yes, I earned it from my 40 paper roots. (laughs) While the Naughty Brother only grew naughtier and naughtier. Oh, Father, I have something for you. A pound of opium? I sold mother to a white slaver. When they attended school, the good brother was very good. 
teacher, I have done all of the homework I will ever have to do in my life. I shall accelerate you into grade 19, good brother. While the naughty brother grew naughtier still. Teacher, I have done no homework, and watch me set your head on fire. <laughs> oh, how very naughty. I shall fail you into grade half. <laughs> One day, the good brother met a woman who was very beautiful by the side of the road, and they were married. I do. I do. I now pronounce you man and wife. When the naughty brother returned home, he saw his good brother's wife. She was so beautiful, he decided to have her for his own. He said, huzza, huzza to her in a suggestive voice. Huzza, 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 huzza. Eek! Stop saying huzza, huzza to me, naughty brother. Huzza, 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 huzza. Naughty brother, do not say huzza, huzza to my wife. Huzza, huzza. But the naughty brother would not stop. Huzza, huzza. He knew he must have her for his own to say huzza huzza to. So he slew his good brother. Put down that nuclear reactor, naughty brother. The naughty brother put down the nuclear reactor on his good brother's head. Ouch, you have killed me, naughty brother. I am the product of an uncaring society. But alas... The naughty brother did not enjoy the spoils of his victory very long, for he died the same day of a vitamin deficiency. <laughs> Both the good brother and the naughty brother went up to heaven to be judged by God, and God spoke. Naughty brother, you have been very naughty. You shall burn for eternity in hell, while your good brother shall remain here in heavenly paradise. The naughty brother heard his punishment and knew it was just. He looked up into God's righteous eyes and he spoke. Oh God, why don't you send my good brother to hell and I'll stay here in comfort with you. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so the naughty brother stayed with God in heavenly paradise and they compared notes and lived happily ever after. <laughs> Um, excuse me, miss... What? What do you want from me? Just because a woman is good-looking, why can't men just leave her alone? Oh, I was just wondering when the bus stops here. Every 15 minutes. Oh, thank you. Say, are you waiting for the bus? Yes, I am. Yeah. Not the St. James bus. Yes, I am. Well, so am I! <laughs> oh, good. Yes! You know, it's not very often I meet a man who I have so much in common with. This is wonderful. This is special. This is rare. Well, I'm just going home. Home? You live in a house? Yes. So do I. I mean, what are the odds? Well, they're pretty good, actually. Well, who would have thought that in all the world, two people with so much in common would ever meet? Well, lots of people do. You're speaking, aren't you? Yes. I speak with my mouth and in English. Oh. Talk about peas in a pod. You can't call this coincidence. This is crazy. I'm walking. Not in your legs. Yes. That's how I walk. Oh, God. I've never told anyone this before, but I do. I walk with my legs. 
this is destiny. <sighs> I give up. And you breathe. I know you won't believe yeah, this, Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You breathe, too. Boy, what a small world. Look, you're a very pretty lady and everything, but I think you're a I must go to bed with you. <laughs> what? I live near here. I must have you. I, I love being tied up in rubber. I like waterbeds, massages with whipped cream, <laughs> leather harnesses with leather, batteries, and special attachments. <laughs> We're identical! I mean, what are the odds? Winter came early in Budapest this year, they say. Psst. Winter came early in Budapest this year, they say. If we, okay, sorry, no, I'm using an old code book. Here we go, sorry, let me just, okay, right. You're listening to The Frantics. I wonder what that means. I bring for your experiment. This is not the brain I asked you to get, Igor. Huh? This is a lump of coal. <laughs> Are you sure? Of course not. Who can be sure of anything in this constantly shifting universe? <laughs> and what of your experiment, Master? It will continue as planned. Put on your Macintosh, Igor, and head up to the roof. I don't have a Macintosh. Then put on your delicious. <laughs> Now go on, head up to the roof. Yes, mister. Tonight, my lifelong dream of creating a life form will come true. I'll just insert this lump of coal into this bowl of strawberry jello and... There, I have it. I have created a man. Looks more like a dessert treat. <laughs> Yours is not to reason why. Yours is but to hold up the lightning rod into the sky. But, Master, why? if I hold up the lightning rod like this, I could be... That's it. The energy I needed to jumpstart the jello. It's, it's quivering. It's jiggling. It's breathing. You're shaking the table. I am not. <laughs> Come here, Igor. See for yourself. <gasps> Did you hear that, Igor? My creation spoke his first words. And in Swahili, too. Master! Did you hear? He called me master. Must eat. Did you hear? He called me must eat. <laughs> and they said it couldn't be done. They said that I was a madman. Must eat. This is a momentous occasion. Here, Igor. Take pictures. Oh, okay. Stand a little closer. Put your now put your arm around it. All right. Oh, that's good. Beside him now. Come on. Say cheese. Cheese. Good, good, good. Cheese! Must eat Looks like noise! Sounds like a mob of Hungarian peasants muttering peanut butter, jam, and jelly. Give us the monster! Give us the monster! What do you say? Please! Here you go. On second thought, don't give us the monster! Monster, you heard them. Put them down. You are 
an ugly mob of Hungarian peasants. Good. Now that you've put them down, let them go. <laughs> They're moving! I must get away! Must climb! Hello, I'm Officer Bill, the voice of mindless authority. And this is Blinky, the talking police car. Hello, monster! Hello, Blinky! All right, men, prepare to fire. No, don't shoot! It's the mob. Leave us alone. This gooey, runny, amorphous blob is the only person we've ever loved. For the first time in our lives, we're being treated as human beings and not just another superstitious Eastern European farming community. (laughs) Oh, marry me, my peasants. You big lug, we thought you'd never ask. Six months later, Eureka Igor, I found it, insulin. And so Frederick Banting paved the road for modern science. (laughs) Next week on Adventures in Inverted Reality Medicine, we look at Thomas Alva Edison and his Martian adventures among the slipper, tongue, fiddly dumpers, light bulb. Oh, <clears throat> Brockville Monster. That was fun. Haven't heard that in a while. I haven't been to Brockville for a very long time. Well, they don't let you in, do they? They have a sign that says, Peter, you cannot come in. But the bracelet came off. The police say it's <laughs> okay. Right. Anyways, I wanted to tell the story of one of our live shows at the Holiday Inn. We had a sketch where we were at a bar. What was that called? Oh, the drinking the one. The drinking one is, is with Chooch. On the end. That's right. And he tops everybody's sex joke with... That's with, that's right. That's right. Right. Anyway, so we would do this for an entire week at the Holiday Inn bar. And then one time, a drunk individual walked right up to us and was so perturbed that we were holding, miming... Oh, we uh, were miming beer. beer. We were miming beer that this big hulking guy gave Rick... Of all people. Uh, of all people, a stein of beer. Now, the joke is, Rick doesn't drink. No. And he stood there and told Rick to drink it. I don't remember that. And part. and Rick started arguing with him. And we said, uh, Rick, this guy's 6'7", 300 pounds of muscle. Drink it. Well, I don't drink. Rick, drink it. And then Rick drank it and was completely smashed. <laughs> it was getting even hotter in the city. And the putrid stench of the river wafted up to my window past the neon sign that flashed on and off. On and off, like the hopes of another poison junkie. Like my hopes that Sparky would call with the name of Mr. Big. The name that eluded me like a cool breeze in this Turkish steam bath they called a city. A knock at the door. It's me, Mary. Could it be Mary ready to spill her guts and reveal her part in this flimsy house of cards that stood ready to fall around me and drop Mr. Big into my lap? It's me, Mary. Or was it Lieutenant Brady pestering me for any little clue like a starving dog who noses through the garbage of my business in the desperate game of survival? Dick, it's me. Rico with Mr. Big. Or maybe it was Mr. Big himself come here to off my last informant. Eat lead, baby. Oh, no. Who could it be? Shots rang out like the pounding of the jailer's billy club on the bars of the junkie's cell, ringing in his ears as he tries to kick the monkey off his back. In a flash, I was at the door. It was Mary. 
She lay wilted and dead like a beautiful flower on the morning after the prom. As dead as a delicate butterfly who flew too close to to a deadly hot candle. As dead as the love I felt for her, but never worked up the guts to tell. Gone, she was. When I looked back down at her, she was gone. My head reeled. Was the heat playing tricks on me? Would I look back and then see her lying in the hallway again, there and then gone, there and then gone, on and off, on and off, like the neon light that flashed outside my window? That neon sign was really starting to get on my nerves. Oh dear, I'll never be done in time. Phyllis, Phyllis Hairnet. Who, who's that? How did you get in here? Get ready for fun and excitement as you get a chance to trade in your futile life for romance and travel on Satan's Choice. And now, here's your host. Let's give a warm hand to Nate Satan. And welcome to Satan's Choice, brought to you by the health food cereal that turns to stone when you pour on the milk, Sodom and Granola. (laughs) Tell us about today's lucky contestant, Jay. Well, Nate, she's a mother of five, a housewife for 17 years, and she owes Eaton's $3,000. Let's welcome Mrs. Phyllis Hairnet. Who, who are you? Why are you wearing that silly red satin outfit? Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and fame. But what's puzzling you is the nature of this game. I must be hallucinating. I've got to stop using pine salt. Phyllis, how would you like to escape from your useless suburban life? No kids, no mortgage, no husband. All right, I'll play anything to get out of Calgary. Isn't she wonderful? Now, Phyllis, step into the magic pentacle and tell us your story. Well, Nate, I have no job, no skills... No friends, and and worst of all, I have to care for my husband's 5,000 stinking tropical fish. I swear to God, Nate, if I ever see another neon tetra, I'm gonna die! Let's not get ahead of the game. Now, before we check behind the curtains for your new life, you must agree to give me your soul. Or your Tupperware collection. I'll give you my soul. A wise choice. Now, Jay, tell Phyllis here what's behind the three curtains. All right, Phyllis. Behind one of these curtains is a fashionable Montreal boutique. 
Yes, you'll be the owner of Shea Nookie Emporium. The specialty shop for gay steam fitters. Behind another curtain is a career as the artistic director of the National Ballet of Canada. You'll giggle with Karen Kane. Examine Barishnikov's codpiece. But behind another curtain is our mystery surprise for a fabulous dream existence. Which curtain will it be? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the audience can help me out. It means you've won our mystery prize, car keys. Oh, a Porsche, a Ferrari. No, Phyllis, it's the keys to your brand new 1963 Chevrolet Biscayne. Biscayne? What do you mean, Biscayne? It's our zonker, Phyllis. Well, well, you didn't say anything about a zonker. You never asked. It means you'll have to move to Hamilton, Ontario. No! No! Bear my child! No! And give up bingo! No, no! You can't do this to me! It's not fair! No! No, I don't want to go! There goes another lucky contestant. Remember, you might be next. So until then, this is Nate Satan saying, there's a better looking life if you'll just pay the price. Well, here we are. It's uh, music time. That's right. What does that mean on the best of frantic times? It means it's music time. Very good. It means it's it's time to wrap up the show. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I know we say it in the credits, but we'll say it here. Uh, uh, do uh, go on Facebook and drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we haven't said it for a few weeks. Uh, thank you to everyone who gave at Indiegogo. That uh, helped uh, get the old ball rolling here. Yeah, without your help, we wouldn't have been able to fund this entire project. And we hope you're having fun listening to this. Uh, the last song we are going to play is a Mensa love song. Uh, fairly self-explanatory. It's, That's right. Um, That's the woman's time of the month. We can edit that out. And um, <laughs> oh, Mensa. That's oh, smart people. Yes. Right. Smart people who. Uh, right. Got it. Women can be smart people. This is Mensa love song. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Volunteered for sex research so science could advance. They hooked me up to monitors and they took away my pants. They placed me with a woman as the cameras watched above. Now you might call it research, but it turned out to be love. The doctors and the sexologists were looking for the facts. Now we were not just a guinea pig to perform in a maiden axe. The filament rolled and so did we with a tactile stimulation. Statistically, her first kiss was below mean deviation. It's for science. It's for science. At the lab where, where we first met. 
It's for science. It's for science. But the facts aren't all in yet. With one last burst of data, the experiment was through. As they unhooked the wires, girl, I fell in love with you. But then they said their instruments had had an overload. And would they mind just one more time, a quickie for the road? It's for science. It's for science. Yes, a second, a second time would prove. It's for science, it's for science Well, all doubts it would remove We experimented through The final, the show, the song, it's over, it's all over. Thank you very much for listening to the Best of Frantic Times podcast. Conceived, written, and performed by the Frantics. And they are... Paul Chato. Rick Green. Paul Chato. Dan Redican. Paul Chato. And Peter Wildman. Paul Chato. Thank you with female special guests, Meg Ruffman, Meg Butterfield, Carolyn Scott. Sound effects and CBC production were originally done by Kathy Perry and Dave Milligan. We miss both of you very much. Like us on Facebook, as we were saying. Send us a note. Best of Frantic Times was produced by... Derek Wellsman. The one and only. Ladies and gentlemen, boot to the head! Boot to the head!